The peace of our Lord be with you. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For we are all one in Christ Jesus. With those words from this morning's epistle passage, Paul told the Galatian Christians that for those who had been baptized into Christ, the human differences which once mattered so much no longer mattered as much. It wasn't that the differences were less different than they once were. The human differences among the Galatians were still just as different as they ever were. The Jews were still Jews, the Gentiles still Gentiles. The slaves were still slaves. The free still free, the males still males, the females still females. The differences were still just as different as they ever were. It's just that in Christ Jesus, those human differences could no longer be allowed to divide or separate, marginalize, or exclude. No more second-class citizens, said Paul to the Galatians. For those who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, there is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. The lectionary places those words in the path of the church throughout the world every three years, just like clockwork. But even after all this time, this time around, I saw something I had never before noticed. This time, for the first time, it occurred to me that if a woman or a slave had said those same words to the church at Galatia, they would have been just as true. But those who had a vested interest in keeping things the way they were could have too easily dismissed their words because they would say, of course, those who are living on the marginalized side of the equation, a slave or a woman in that case, would say that in Christ there's no longer slave or free, male or female. There had to be someone like Paul, in this case, a free male Jew, speaking from the side which held so much power for the side which held so little power. 
to say that all those human differences which have always mattered so much to us have never mattered that much to God. In my experience, that is where the path to depth carefully followed will eventually take us to get on and stay on the path to spiritual depth is eventually to come to a place where, like Paul in this morning's epistle passage, we finally begin to see the truth that our human categories have never been God's division. The truth that the human differences, which have always mattered so much to us, have never mattered that much to God. To get on and stay on the path to spiritual depth is eventually to come to know that and to come to know that like Paul in this morning's epistle passage those of us who like me live in the comfortable powerful majority bear most of the responsibility for speaking that truth I say that knowing, even as I say it, of course, that for the past 20 or 30 years, ever since the phrase came into fashion, popular culture has been quick to dismiss that way of thinking by calling it political correctness. But I don't call it that. I call it gospel correctness. Because I believe that owning my responsibility as someone who was born into every comfortable majority of human difference you can wear in the American South, race, religion, sexuality, to sit down with and stand up for whomever is most marginalized in our world is not being politically correct, it is being gospel correct. Following Jesus, walking in the Holy Spirit, living up to our baptism, correct. Striving, seeking, praying, working to finally reach a deep enough spiritual place to see all people as God sees all people. 
That is where the path to depth will take us. Stay on the path to depth long enough, prayerfully enough, carefully enough. Not all at once or once and for all, not today or tomorrow or this week, but eventually, someday, we will come to a place where, like Paul in this morning's epistle passage, we begin truly to see as God sees, to see all people as God sees all people. That isn't tolerance, things that are evil, violent, and destructive don't need to be tolerated. They need to be confronted. This is not tolerating what needs to be confronted. This is finally getting close enough to God, deep enough with Jesus, and filled enough with the Holy Spirit to see all people as God sees all people. I had a powerful experience sneak up on me around all of this yesterday. I was uh, up the road in Oxford, Mississippi, a place much beloved by a few of you, <laughs> for the wedding of Audrey Seal and Tommy Pritchard. Having a bit of time on my hands yesterday morning, I took a drive over to Myrtle, Mississippi, Union County. Parked my car in the parking lot of Myrtle Baptist Church and retraced my steps from the summer of 1973 when I attended a two-week, all-day, almost all-night revival at Camp Zion. I've told you before of my experience there, one of the pivotal moments in my life. I was a young Christian who'd been baptized when I was 14 years old. But one night during the altar call at Camp Zion, one of the assistant evangelists took me aside and convinced me that I had not truly been saved. And then he took me up on stage in that massive tabernacle, seats well over a thousand people, and um, handed me off to the head evangelist, Percy Ray, who then sort of put me on display, he told the band to stop playing and the crowd to stop singing, literally mid-phrase. A big spotlight was turned on us. Percy Ray, who's a, a head shorter than I am, but a big and powerful man, put his arm around me and said, this is a preacher boy from Macon, Georgia. Had to come all the way to Camp Zion to get saved. And then he said, see, even preacher boys have to come from two states away to Camp Zion to find Jesus. Yesterday, I went back inside that big old tabernacle. Door was unlocked. I looked around. 
I walked all the grounds around the dormitory where we stayed, and cafeteria where we ate. And then I came across this beautiful monument. It's a marble monument about, oh, two feet tall, uh, to the memory of Percy Ray. He was the pastor there from 1935 until 1991. Founded Camp Zion in 1949, and all of that's inscribed on the monument. On the top of this very beautiful monument is a life-size likeness of Percy Ray, basically from the shoulders up. As I stood there reading about his life and gazing at the likeness of his face, which is carved into the top of that monument, I started talking to him. I said, Percy Ray? I don't know if you remember me. I'm that tall, skinny kid you put up on the stage that night when you said that even preacher boys have to come to Camp Zion to get saved. And for a long time, I was angry at you. That night had a bad effect on my life. And for a long time, I was angry at you once I got old enough to think about it in that way, angry at you for manipulating a young kid's emotions and then treating me like I was the catch of the day in front of a couple of thousand people. And that's bothered me for a long time, but I just want to say to you today, Reverend Ray, that I don't hold that against you anymore. Not only that, I understand you're just doing your best to be who you believe God had called you to be and do what you thought God wanted you to do. And more than that, I want to thank you for being a part of my life. Because everyone who's ever been a part of our life is a part of our life. And then, I don't know why I said this, I hope you have a really beautiful day. I mean, he's in heaven, so. <laughs> and then, not knowing exactly what else to do, I got down on my knees and I kissed his stone face with my lips whispered in his stone ear the same thing I just whispered in James Fox Black's ear the kiss of peace and as I stood to walk away I heard that voice you know that voice that's not a voice from somewhere far above or deep within, saying, not only is there no longer Jew or Gentile, bond or free, there isn't even any longer them and us, or him 
and me. Oh, my sisters and brothers, this is not Christianity 101. This is where you get to when you get on and stay on the path to death. Stay on it long enough, carefully enough, and you will discover that it is a narrow way which leads to a wide place where you actually, eventually, sometimes, sort of, see all people the way God sees all people. Amen.